Hi, this is Alex Hicken with the Talk to You Later show. This is the bonus content for the Barry Hicken Bros. And Trevor and Nick Chow is with us. Howdy. Hey. Yeah, Nick is a very creative person. And how's your week been and your creative work's been since last time it's been about a month or so oh uh, yeah it's been fine it's been i don't know just this month is very busy for me at work so it's not really i don't have too much time that i'm wanting to like make things but because yeah, i come home and i'm tired and stuff but i don't know i'm working on some music mostly that i might have some stuff to share maybe maybe next time um you know tell, tell me about nice. this whole ttyl thing is this um I haven't kind of heard, is this a a supplemental podcast to your standard episodes or what is this? Yeah, this is a, uh, it's like a running joke that I had started using in the first podcast. You're like, oh, we should have a talk to you later podcast because we always, uh, we'd say talk to you later at the end and then we'd just go on and talk about some of these stuff. So it was like, oh, might as well just make this a podcast too. so. So it's like the after show. Except recorded standalone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not as formal topics. Uh, we can just talk whatever we think about. Whatever. <laughs> Some product reviews and experiences or tech stuff like that. Sounds great. Do you think you'll be able to uh, share a song for like the final closing episode of this year i think so yeah um i have a couple i have like two things i've been working on just kind of for fun one of them is more of a like a raw kind of metal style song another one is uh just mm-hmm. kind of another pop song sort of like the other stuff i shared earlier in the year and uh i'm kind of in that mood right now mostly just because i'm playing a lot of cyberpunk and i want to like make synth pop music <laughs> so we'll see mm-hmm. but i've just mostly been trying to have fun with that again i kind of treated all this because it's not formal really for me it's just sort of like a hobby so i just make songs and then move on but i'll see if i'll see if i can come up with something good enough to share with you guys in about a week or whenever that happens yeah um we gotta until the end of the year so whenever you got it we could record uh put it in the one of the podcasts yeah sounds good it'll be fun to have something out there how are you doing trevor uh i'm doing all right yeah, yeah. Alex and I, and sometimes Mickey, well, yesterday Mickey, we've been playing a lot of uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris, so. Well. <laughs> you enjoying your Tetris time? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, there's this witch, like, child character that we thought was impossible to beat, but we were able to beat it. <laughs> it took, like, all three of us to beat it. I love that you, um,. <laughs> you sign up you know first before everybody else you sign up and get a uh when the first wave of ps5s and you're like super excited and then oh let me play tetris on my ps5 while everybody else plays all these other new games <laughs> i mean hey we, um, whatever, i mean i haven't had any bugs on it so i guess that's true tetris probably hasn't crashed or like had any quest altering <laughs> bugs for you so i, guess, I suppose there's that <laughs> this past couple weeks i've had experiences where I do really dumb things 
and I have to get myself out of the situation before anybody like notices. <laughs> and I almost lost last week's episode. I was I just wanted to get a video out really quickly, so I just copied the Audacity file and I duplicated the there's a an accompanying folder that goes with the Audacity file, so I just copied both of them and I started deleting all the extra stuff so I could just edit what I wanted to do and make my video. And I thought, oh, maybe I should check the other file to see if it's still fine before I continue. And I went to the other file and neither of the files were working. <laughs> so you can't just do like control and drag and copy both of them. Uh, what and I was kind of freaking out because I <laughs> I might have lost the podcast for the last week. <laughs> what kind of files does it save? So you couldn't... You, you, Audacity saves like a project file and then it, it can't be moved or copied? It doesn't work like that? Yeah, Audacity, when you save it, it has like an extra file that goes along with it that has all the recordings in it. Hmm, yeah. So it's like a folder with all the assets? Yeah. So I took it, I copied it, and then I named it. Oh, and then I named the copy like Quick Topic. And so I could just make the Quick Topic and go. And yeah, <laughs> both of the f files weren't really working. And I was trying to figure out how to fix it. And there's no way to like restore the previous state of the file or do anything like that. Hmm. And I was thinking, like, okay, how could I fix this? Yeah, I thought, like, oh, yeah, so I, I already copied the file, so the file should be f fine. I just have to rename it and restore the name of the folder. So it should be fine if we could access the same folders that I copied <laughs> and all the same recordings. And I was relieved that it, that worked. <laughs> so... The proper way to copy an Audacity file <laughs> is not just to copy it, and <laughs> that doesn't work. Oh, that's, it's kind of inter interesting. So it was just that you moved like some of the assets, and then it got confused because it couldn't find them because they were named something different? Yeah, I think the file is connected to the folder that has the specific name. So if you change the name of the folder... It breaks, yeah. It doesn't... Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that makes sense, but and... it's kind of annoying it works that way. Like if you're, if, you know, it's not, it's not very user friendly, I guess, to people who are getting started with that. Yeah, I was thinking like, oh, if I just name this uh, file quick topic and then name the folder quick topic, I thought it might be like attached to each other, but that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that happens to me once in a while. Like if I have a, like a capture one photo session open on my computer and then maybe I like, I'm going too fast and I misspell the title of the session. So I start shooting or whatever. And then I go back later. I'm like, oh, I want to change the name of this thing. And then if you change like the folder, but not, but you don't update it through the software or something, it doesn't link all the files and it breaks and it's like, oh, where are all the files? They're gone. And they're still in the same place, but there's, there's just been mm -hmm. a file name change. And then you have to basically revert it or re redirect all, tell the software, okay, everything's still here. It's just under a different name now. Trevor woke up early that day also, so I was kind of lucky that I fixed it before he saw that I was trying to figure that out. <laughs> hmm. 
I didn't want to say to him I lost the f- podcast. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have worried. You couldn't just download the file again and start over. Yeah, I recorded straight into Audacity, so I didn't have MP3. Mm. So that was my issue. I could make a podcast, but it would just be you <laughs> just talking <laughs> without me if I didn't figure that out. <laughs> The proper way to copy the file would be to go into the file and then save as and save it again, maybe in another folder or something. On my birthday, Trevor and I gave in to the hype kind of that we talked about in a previous Talk To You Later show. Um, we talked about the whoop um, wristband and I talked I talked to Nick about this previously, about the whoop um, thing. What do you think about Whoop, Trevor? It's good. My uh, work doesn't allow me to wear any wear anything wearable on your arms, so I can't use it at work. So you can't even wear a watch at work. Not in the kitchen, you can't. So hmm. I guess yeah, hmm. sanitary thing maybe. Yes, what they say. Um, so yeah, I haven't had a chance to use it as often as I would like to have by now. I've been able to use the sleep tracking portion, which is kind of nice. Let's you me know, like, the amount of deep sleep and REM sleep and, like, how much I've actually had. Can I, can I get a little refresher of what, this, what the Whoop thing is? It's a product that you pay for a monthly service. But they ship you the device, and uh, it tracks three things. It tracks your strain that you've done, of uh, your body strain throughout the day, your recovery, so, like, how ready you are to, if you're working out, be, to be, like, ready for a good workout, or if you're running, then, like... Basically, it allows you to know when you're, like, at peak performance for any physical activity. And then it tracks sleep. So, it's a... You keep it on your wrist at night. It will let you know, like, exactly when you change it. It has a heart rate variance monitor. and So, it knows, like, when your heart's going up and down. And I think it tracks it through that. How... Um, your sleep changes I've only been able to use it like two three four days four days of like wearing it on my wrist so I've only gone a few days of like how how many like calories I've burnt and in general like what I've done but the other days I've used it almost every night. I, I missed a couple of nights because I forgot to like put it back on my wrist because I don't have it on the end of the day. So I don't have it like on me all the time. But I liked it. I think it's good. The batteries last a long time. You don't have to worry about charging it much. And the way it charges, you can just plug in the charger and then you can attach it to your whatever bracelet or a fitness band when 
when you need to charge it. When I read the review of the Loop product, I thought he said that the attachment to the band that charges it was kind of like an accessory, but it actually comes with the basic purchase of the the bracelet. And I actually bought an extra battery, so that was a little disappointing. <laughs> I thought it was an accessory that I had to buy, and now I have two charging things. I think that uh, charging thing is really important to keep the data always being collected so you don't forget it like Trevor said that he did. My experience, I don't know how many people do this, but I try only to use Wi-Fi. I don't, I try not to use any data. <laughs> try to use the least amount of data. And the Whoop app was kind of weird because it asked me to like always have like stable data flowing to it and that's a little annoying it it's kind of a pain because you always need the whoop app open in order for it to keep updated or it'll say like oh keep the app open or the data is going to go out of sync and stuff so that's a little thing just to get used to. <laughs> I put the app and synced my bracelet onto my work phone because it has data. So now it doesn't complain anymore. I think the data is really good. I'm kind of surprised because I learned that normal people need 2,000 calories. That's the basics on the nutrition labels and stuff. If I don't work out, I usually get around maybe 1,600 calories burnt. So if you're just sitting around all day, you don't really need the 2,000 calories. It's kind of interesting to have the device accurately giving me my calorie count every day. Yeah, the tracking strain is interesting also. How does it do that? How does it know how much force you're exerting? Is it just by heartbeat? Yeah, mainly just your heartbeat. I mean, does I'm basically because I haven't researched it too much. Like, does it do anything more than an Apple Watch does, or is it sort of similar in that, or like a, what's it, a Fitbit kind of thing? Well, it gives you a lot of data. Uh, it gives you a lot of an analysis. Like, if you didn't get enough sleep, it and it tracks your recovery. It doesn't just reset your strain. It'll say like, oh, you recovered 45% last night in your rest. So your strain, it didn't, you haven't recovered completely. So you're still at like four strain. And you need to take it easy today because you didn't rest that much. So it's kind of interesting to see how the strain that it recommends fluctuates because how much rest I have. Um, yeah, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I guess it's just different ways of presenting the data in a way that's, it seems like it's kind of granular and it makes it, uh, I don't know, fun mm -hmm. for people who like speeds and feeds about their bodies. Yeah, I asked Trevor, like, are you going to quit using this? It's, it seems like it's not fitting your lifestyle very well. <laughs> and he seems to be 
willing to just he likes to sleep data why are you sticking with it trevor <laughs> yeah i like uh being able to track sleep I didn't have any mm-hmm. real way to do that before, so... Yeah, the REM cycle is very important. And when I was looking at uh, the data that I got, I was a little surprised how much more data there is about the REM cycle. I use an app that wakes me up within a 30-minute window, so I don't, so it doesn't wake me up in the middle of the REM cycle. Some people say that if you wake up in the middle of your REM cycle, you always feel groggy and you don't have a good start to your day. So waking up when you're not in the REM cycle, then you feel better. But there's a deep sleep that you should get between an hour and two hours. And uh, it's kind of interesting to see where... (laughs) I actually got that deep sleep and they say how much deep sleep you've got and stuff and I didn't really think much about how much deep sleep I'm getting before so how long have you guys had these uh, about uh, two weeks now like a week oh yeah about a week what it's only been a week I had a second story about me uh, being dumb again <laughs> I wanted to share kind of because it's tech related and we'd talk about tech stuff. On the week, on the Monday after I got my work phone, I forgot my passcode. So uh, I was like, oh, I got to try like, oh, 10 minutes and an hour wait and all this stuff. I put it in 10 times and it said it's disabled. Like, what does that mean? I looked it up and it said there's nothing you can do about it and unless you factory set it. And yeah, the instructions, I don't know, maybe I wasn't, I'm not very good at reading or maybe I was freaking out or something because the phone was basically bricked and you can't really do anything. Uh, I, I even asked Nick if he knew anything about disabling and he's like, nope, all you need to do is like wait until it's over, but there's, there's no more waiting period once you disable it. Yeah, as far as I know, it's like if you do it too many times and fail, it makes you wait a certain amount of time as a security measure so nobody can crack your phone. But um, I guess also, I think if you want to, you can set it to automatically completely erase your phone after a certain amount of failed attempts. So at least you didn't have that set, right? Yeah, I was, I did see that option where if you fail 10 times, it'll erase everything. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of extreme. I think... This disabling idea of phones is kind of useless, and I wonder how many additional phones that Apple sold just because they implement this disabling phone. Because when I was looking around, yeah, the ultimate solution that I found, because I didn't want to go back to my boss and say, oh, I disabled my phone the week after you gave it to me, (laughs) they would never forget that and make me look like a fool all the time just because I broke the phone the week after I got it or something like that. Is there a way to unlock it using iCloud? Like if you if you log into your account, can you use Find My iPhone to just like disable the lock? I haven't checked that, but it seems like something that might be able to happen. My uh, iCloud account didn't have another device connected to it. 
So I was... I mean, because you can go to iCloud on a browser, like iCloud.com or whatever, and then you can log in and get all access to all your iCloud stuff online. No. If you forget your passcode, you can't act. You can access some of it, but not all of it. Hmm. So what I was able to do, I couldn't figure out the instructions that they're saying. They said you have to like reinstall the operating system, and I was, and kind of basically factory reset the phone, and I couldn't. I wasn't figuring it out yet. I un- I understood that I needed to download the latest iTunes app, and it said something about like. You have to, I was trying to like hold down the power button and swipe off at the same time and plug it in and that <laughs> it wasn't that complicated. Uh, in order to go into recovery mode, you have to have the phone off <laughs> and then while you're plugging the USB into your laptop, you press the power button at the same time and that puts it into recovery mode. And... Uh, at that point, iTunes kind of takes over. You have to have iTunes on while you put it into recovery mode. And it asks you like if you want to restore it or back it up or something like that. And since I didn't have another device with on my account, I had to restore it. And it just downloaded the latest iOS and installed it for me. So, yeah, I, was, I saved my phone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think it doesn't disable the actual hardware. It just makes it so you can't get into, like, you just have to reinstall the software like you did. But I'm surprised. I thought I haven't, it hasn't happened to me ever, but I know that some people, I thought that if you attempt and fail to enter the passcode too many times, it makes you wait, like, 10 minutes or something. Yeah, it, it did that again. many times. I, I was trying to figure out my what I put down for my passcode. And oh, so you just you just couldn't remember it at all? Yeah, I couldn't remember it at all. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I, I thought that, like you said, it maybe you entered it in wrong like once or twice, and then it completely disabled, and you couldn't try again. But you you were able to continue attempting it. You just couldn't remember what the passcode was. Now, after the ten tries, it disabled, and I couldn't do anything with it. I'll turn it off and turn it back on, and still disabled. Hmm. Well, at least you reinstalled and got it figured out. Yeah. Somehow I found like a special iMessage like tech support direct to Apple like texting line and it was very helpful. <laughs> oh, that's good. I think it's kind of interesting how they have like a special iMessage way to go straight to Apple and get support and I kind of kept it on my phone even though I don't think I really need it anymore but <laughs> it's... Uh, kind of interesting how they I guess that's a good way to get tech support because everybody's just so used to texting now it's like doing a chat support seems like a good way to do it I know the um I think that's how they encourage support for their Apple card customers like if you have a credit card question you just like go to you go to the support thing and it just puts you into a chat with like a CSR so I guess they're really encouraging chat now for everything yeah it worked really well yeah I, I think texting would work well for um, customer support because then people could do maybe multiple conversations at once and stuff it's probably really efficient for them and yeah it was kind of annoying because when I finally got into my phone I tried to put in my my work iCloud account and it was weird because my phone had like two passcodes 
and like want to get into the phone and like in order to access like full functionality to my account I had to remember my old passcode and that was a little annoying you can't really put you can't use Apple Wallet until you re- is, this, is this because your phone's being managed by your company no it's not it's just the policies of like what happens when your phone is disabled and you can't remember your passcode <laughs> you can't oh put you can't use the apple wallet again i don't think when you disable it unless you remember your passcode again <laughs> well i mean or i guess couldn't you use it again if you once you completely erase the phone couldn't you just enter all your cards again no not if i use my old uh work i cloud account hmm well, I'm sure it all has security implications. Like they they do it like that for a reason, but it's too bad that you had to be on that end of it, you know, after not remembering the password. But I guess that's one thing you'll never forget again is your passcode <laughs> <Yeah>. to your phone. <laughs> yeah, so I basically abandoned my work iCloud account. There's basically nothing on it anyway, so I just put my personal iCloud account on there. Yep, so that's how I save myself again from... <laughs> People think I'm smart at work, but I make dumb mistakes. <laughs> like, Well, I guess we all do, but as long as we can recover from them before people see them, we can continue being smart in their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They say, like, oh, you probably we- know how to do this Rubik's Cube behind your back in, like, 30 seconds, right? Like, no, nah, maybe in, like, 10 hours <laughs> I could do it <laughs> I guess continuing on with that Apple theme it's funny after uh, after the last time I was on your podcast I was like oh yeah you know I those new Macs look really cool I wonder how long I'll last without getting one like the next day I just went out and bought one because <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't help myself <laughs> so, so that didn't work so well for me I guess the whole waiting thing mm-hmm. but I've been using one of the new M1 Mac uh, MacBook Airs for like I don't know a week, couple weeks now, and it's a pretty fucking awesome computer. Gotta say, like all those reviews are pretty much right. The battery's insane and it's really fast. Uh, yeah, it's like finally, definitely, it's a computer that I would recommend to like anyone basically, like any every average person who just wants a laptop that's really good and like silent and not doesn't get hot and lasts a super long time and is really fast. Like it's kind of a no-brainer, I would say, even for people who just want like. Like, if all you want to do is, like, run a browser, it's still one of the best computers for that. So, I've been super impressed with it. I think it's, like, a um, an awesome little product. And I think it's definitely... It's not very often. There's When it comes to computers and people go, Hey, Nick, like, what do you recommend? There's always, like, a cap... There's usually caveats, like, Oh, you know, get this computer, make sure to upgrade the RAM or the storage or do this. But, not, but now it's, like, if somebody asked me for a Mac, I'd be like, Well, you know what, just buy a MacBook Air or a Mac Mini or something. Like, they're really good and you're going to enjoy it. It'll be fine. So it's kind of, it's kind of cool that for, at least for right now there's really there's computers that are so good they're easy to recommend to people who ask me because people ask me that shit. People who know me are always like, "Oh Nick, you know all about computers and Macs. <laughs> Which one should I buy?" And I'm like, "Well, now I'm just like, just buy the MacBook Air. You'll be fine. Bye." Yeah. So are you recording with the laptop right now? <laughs> you know, I was thinking about it, but I have. Um, I just I already had my other my other laptop like ready for the recording anyway so i'm just I'm plugged into that so i have my two laptops in front of me <laughs> one's running logic to record the podcast and the other has a browser on it right now 
but I, I definitely could. It's de- it's like fa- it's you know, essentially as fast as my 16 inch MacBook Pro, if not faster in some ways. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. And I actually made a I made a video that I put on YouTube, a little one, just talking about um, how Photoshop and Capture One, two major photo apps, uh, run on it, and they're running under the emulation layer or not emulation translation uh, Rosetta, yeah. and they're both doing pretty well for being like that. You know, they're not really that slow, and they're just gonna get faster. So. That's uh, I, I'm pretty impressed with it. I kind I laugh that it's like. I, I fully admit this is like a totally like I did not need this computer. I had an awesome <laughs> computer. I have an iPad, but I really love computers and I love Macs. And I was like, fuck, I could just go out and buy one, and it's been pretty cool. I like it. So now now I just really want like a super powered 16 inch MacBook Pro. Like I, I want this Apple Silicon stuff to come to all the other Macs immediately because it's just so much better than the Intel Mac experience. Yeah, I was wondering, I think uh, each product is designed to contribute the to the kind of Apple ecosystem. Like, do you have different purposes for both of your laptops? You like go to one before over the, the others in different situations? I mean, before I would just treat my 16-inch MacBook Pro as like the, this sort of creation machine. Like I would edit photos on it. I would do music and podcasts and whatever else on that because it's got a nice big screen and it's really fast. And I can still do all that. And then I bought this MacBook Air kind of on a whim because I wanted to see what it was like and check out how fast it was. And um, For me, the MacBook Air is more like a, like I would use that or, or a big iPad. It's sort of like mostly internet and YouTube and stuff. And I could do that on an iPad. I've been using an I- the biggest iPad for a couple of years, and I-, I love that. So it's like I haven't been using my iPad as much because I'm using this MacBook. I don't know if I need two, like, 12-inch devices in my mm-hmm. life. I Because I'm me, I'm going to have them. Like, I'm just going to keep buying all the devices. <laughs> but I-, I could probably I could live with just a MacBook Air. You know, I don't need the – or I could live with just an iPad. It's going to be fine. But, um, that you know, so, you know what I mean? Like, I- there's still stuff that I want to do on a bigger screen computer, like the, Mac- the 16-inch MacBook or an iMac. But when it comes to small, like – playing a video game and I want to look something up, I could grab the iPad or the MacBook Air. And they're, to me, they're, they're, that's how similar they are. They're both really fast and like, they're like perfect internet computers. But I guess the cool thing though is that, that the MacBook Air is so fast that you can also, like I, I tested it with my huge camera files and it is pretty good. You know, it's like surprising. I'm like, wow, I, if I really needed to, I could edit big photos on this too because it's so fast. So it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of weird because we're just so not used to thinking about that. You know, we're so used to like this little computer can be quiet and have a long battery but be really slow or it can be really fast but it's going to get hot and the battery's only going to be a few hours mm-hmm. this is like one of the first computers almost ever where that that's all three things are true it's like quiet cold, runs cool and is really fast like it's not a it's not a lie it's not like a you know it's not fake like it's just literally true i have it in front of me and it, it's all those things so it's pretty interesting I think it's like it's it feels like a big deal for computers. It's not like a complete revolution, but it's the biggest single jump that we've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm all aboard that and the Apple Silicon train. So do you have any more insights that you've thought of since the video that you made? It's been like a few a couple mm-hmm. weeks maybe. A little bit. I haven't had a, too much time to actually use it cuz I haven't taken too many photos and I haven't done any music projects. And the other reason for that too is I have uh, I use Logic to make music, and Logic Pro, and it's it's a big app with tons of samples. Like I have hundreds and hundreds of gigabytes of like sampler instruments and stuff, and I I don't want to put all that on my MacBook Air, and I don't want to deal with there's it, it takes more effort to like move all the audio stuff to a new computer, so I'm just like not even worrying about mm-hmm. that. 
So I haven't done many big projects in the MacBook Air, but I mean, I've been loving it for what it is, but you know, I've tested it with photos. So for me, it's like, it's, it goes above and beyond just an internet computer, but I haven't had the, like an, a reason to use it for more, but hopefully I'll have some more time. My work schedule is going to relax soon. So hopefully I'll start taking more photos and be able to test it some more. But yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. So I mean, any anybody who possibly would hear this and think, hmm, are those computers for real? Yes, they are. Go buy one; they're awesome. Mm-hmm. I have already I've already sold like almost two of them to my coworkers basically because they're like, is that good? And then like they're the next I told them about it, and then my my boss is like, yep, I'm gonna buy one. I want to buy the gold one just like you have. And I was like, okay, good, go. <laughs> and then my co my coworkers like, yeah, my mom needs a computer. Is that new MacBook Air? I'm like, yes, just it's like yes, yeah, fine. I can say, yep, go buy it. It's good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's fat. It's definitely fast enough for your mom's email. Like, it's it's all good. <laughs> it's been fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Had a couple topics um a couple weeks ago when we started to we had a two-week break from a couple non-podcast weeks because of uh, birthdays and Thanksgiving. But this article I thought, or this topic was interesting because, like, I guess 20 years ago, this magician, Yuri Jelly, had sued Nintendo because... Yeah, he's he's very famous, Yuri Jelly. Yeah, I I didn't know about him until this happened. (laughs) But apparently, like, he... He had sued Nintendo and wouldn't allow any cards based on Kadabra, which he was saying was based off him, could be made. <laughs> so he apologized and said, like, uh, I'm truly sorry for what I did 20 years ago, kids and grown-ups. I, I am releasing the ban. It's all up to Nintendo to bring my qu- uh, hashtag Kadabra Pokemon card back. <laughs> Probably one of the various cards now. Much energy and love to all. That's pretty funny. Yuri, I, I'm pretty sure Yuri Geller is the famous for being... Isn't he the one who can bend spoons with his mind? Yeah, that's what the Pokemon, like Kadabra and Alexandra, like... That's a little trick. Exactly. I wonder if that... I mean, like, I'm not saying there's... A, he probably... Do I think the whole thing is bullshit? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I think that's probably what he was going on, right? Is the fact that, like, oh, his whole trademark was that, like, trick or whatever. So maybe that's why he... And now he's probably like, well, it doesn't even matter anymore. So just go for it. It's the 90s. Go for it. Yeah. Wow. They, he's like... He claimed, like, oh, they made... Uh, they turned him into, like, an evil occult Pokemon character. And they used his name and signature image for, with it. So... Like, I don't know exactly, like, how far it, it went to be, like, evil. I don't think being, the, like, whatever sidekick is counts as evil. But, I mean, like, maybe he felt that way. I don't know. But, I mean, that just... Yeah, it's. I mean, I, you can't really pre- ascribe evil, evil to, like, you know, a children's video game character. It's probably... Evil's a strong word for that. Yeah, but we finally get a a new Kadabra code, probably the couple sets, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, there's only like f- like five, I think, maybe seven different Kadabra codes that we made before, like he had sued him. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a collector, maybe you can just collect all the Kadabra codes and. 
be good on that. Hmm. Uh, I I think he's kind of like trying to cash out on like the whole thing of like uh, because Pokemon the card games really grow uh, like blown up with all these older generation like us with buying Pokemon cards because nostalgia and we want to like collect them. But also since he's like mentioning like since he's in this like market, he's like, oh, should check out my new website and um, have this cool thing magic like museum or something well everybody's gonna make a book (laughs) yeah i mean it's not bad i'm just saying he's uh, why did he wait 20 years i don't know maybe it's that a lot can happen and a lot can change in 20 years but whatever it it was interesting to read that i was like i didn't even know that that was yeah i mean either but apparently it was and now it's over (laughs) so good on them i guess like in this, on that list of things it's like why what like is this in the list of we have bigger fish to fry problems it's like right, great awesome like somebody spent their time fighting a pokemon card they think has been like pokemon that's been made in their image it's like i, I don't know i guess maybe we all just wish that we all had that problem you know <laughs> don't we wish we could have lawsuits against nintendo for making cards yeah that like, too close to us? what if jackie chan like sued because uh Hitmonchan or something. Like, oh, you can't make any more Hitmonchan cards because my last name is Chan. <laughs> and it's ap- made after me or something. Well, luckily for him, I think that even if he doesn't get that royalty fee, he has plenty with his movies. He'll probably survive. I don't think he's going to be destitute <laughs> any moment soon. Hmm. We have this new uh, interesting trend coming out of YouTube or I think it's based in YouTube um, called VTubing. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not what you think it is. It's um, V stands. <laughs> it sounds real kinky. Yeah, <laughs> give me the deets. V stands for virtual. So instead of like, so a lot of YouTubers when they're streaming or they're doing like talking head, instead of having to put up lighting and then you have like to look uh, presentable and you have to like I don't know match your tone like with your uh, emotions right? you could um, instead of that uh, replace it with an avatar of sorts so VTubing is basically a virtual representation that you want to have it's like a a model of you and uh so this is literally just second life for people who are too lazy to be on camera yeah yeah that's basically it but there's no like adventuring (laughs) you don't go traveling lands and living (laughs) a life you know (laughs) it's more like uh i don't want to be on screen so here's something that you can watch and represent me of so yeah i've been watching one that recently got into vtubing and she uh she has a a, a night like her personality matches very well with the her, her avatar and it, it makes things like more fun i guess because you can because it tracks your face kind of like what um the iphone does with like facial ne- recognition it is the same thing as that so it's accurate you can like still see like facial expressions but it's not like 
it's not like uh, literal watching like someone playing a game. So that's pretty funny. I mean, I un- totally understand that. I'm, it must be nice to not really worry about how you're looking at that time. But it is also kind of funny that you know, I don't know. I, I guess as any situation or profession will find situations like this where we're like, oh, you know, I would love to instead of just being able to get views and money from just talking to a camera at home, I, that that's just too much. I'm gonna I'm gonna put up a virtual avatar so that I don't even have to do that. Uh, I don't know. Am I bitter? No, of course not. But it, it's just funny. It's it's funny to hear. It's like hmm, like what else? I don't know. But I guess if people want to watch it, like, that's cool. I mean, ultimately, you're still hearing their voice, right? So they're still, it's kind of like, they're still streaming. At that point, to me, it's more of like an audio stream with a visual there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're still hearing them talk, right? So it's, it's, it's not like it's, but to me, it kind of takes it away from being a video thing, like, because you're not really seeing them. You're seeing, like, something that represents them while you're listening to their voice. So, I mean, partly still live, but. I don't know. It's just it's just part of our uh, dystopian future, I guess. <laughs> yeah, some of the models. Uh, there's a, a lot of programs, and we we're looking into some of them. Some you could have some models like track your whole body and move your hands and stuff. But uh, yeah, we're thinking about making like some type of virtual reality or something because. I don't know if you've seen any of my videos, but a lot of them have really weird lighting, and lighting is really hard to control and stuff. Um, I don't... As a photographer, I always see that, and I'm like, lighting is not that hard. Fucking read a book, you people. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, no offense, but, like, come on. I just feel like... Maybe I just come from that school of, like, if you want to make high-quality content, like, it does take some work. But I guess, on the other hand, if you can get content that people like watching and it doesn't take you all that much work, then why not just do that? Because then everybody wins. Like, people still watch it and you don't have to be spending time and money trading lighting setups, I guess. I don't know. Like, I'm not totally against it. It's just, it's, it is kind of interesting. Maybe I guess I'm biased because I already know how to, like, set up lights to make things look easy. And I have to a lot. So if I were doing this, it wouldn't be very hard. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it is hard for people to get into that. Like, it, it, it can be... Maybe somebody who's really good thinks, oh, I would love to be live streaming this, but I don't feel comfortable. Like, I don't think my setup is good enough for people to watch me. So for those people, maybe they can just do this sort of virtual thing and that helps them, like, break into something where they wouldn't be able to normally do that because they don't have the equipment. I don't know. Maybe they don't have the lights and the camera and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have probably, like, 30 videos and all the lighting of that is really bad. Yeah, Trevor had a vi- has a vision of the podcast where maybe we could be talking and we could have our articles that we we're covering on the background so they could see images and stuff while- so they could visualize what we we're talking about. And uh, we're thinking about making models of our- for ourselves and having a character and so we could be able to make that vision happen (laughs) yeah i guess you just have to familiarize yourself with uh you know premiere and after effects and final cut and all those kind of apps and get into the video side which can be kind of daunting but rewarding if you spend the time yeah it's really daunting i don't know how to coordinate all that (laughs) it's taking us over years (laughs) yeah but uh 
I think VTubing is kind of put a path to our vision. Yeah, the problem is like if you want a quality like I guess model of like uh, anim animation or 3D model or anything like we don't know how to do that we don't want to probably take the time either It'd take a long time so um, I don't think I could pay somebody to do yeah. it yeah so uh, right you could find you could find a freelance artist and like just have them <laughs> just give them a picture of you and say make this please yeah you could either do that or you can like drop your sketch of like how you want it to be and then this person will make it for you and I, I don't know how much that would be so yeah that's uh, the first uh, big hurdle if you wanted to get into VTubing if it's if you're artistic maybe you can do it yourself if you're not well good, good luck yeah, maybe spend a few hundred dollars well, I don't know <laughs> how good are you at drawing leather jackets and cowboy hats <laughs> oh, oh, oh I can just I don't know take a picture of Nick and then send that in. <laughs> yeah, that'd be disturbing. <laughs> yeah, the the girl that uh, kind of, the VTuber that we watch is called Militia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, she has a little, like, frog that goes along with hers. And she, because she really likes frogs. <laughs> and uh, I was thinking my character... Trevor hasn't really developed his like character yet. I was trying to coach him on and try to figure out some character for him. But I was thinking if I were to have like a V2, maybe I might have like, since my favorite animal is a turtle, I'll maybe be like sitting on a turtle and like cross-legged and I'll be like, talking with all my wearable technology I have and have augmented reality glasses and, and yeah so that'd be like <laughs> my character <laughs> I like the turtle angle totally yeah the only thing we've got so far in Trevor's development of his character is he's gonna have long hair do you have any other ideas yet Trevor or just that <laughs> No, I don't have any other ideas. <laughs> well, I was thinking, I was asking him, like, oh, maybe, what do you think about having, like, Overwatch merchandise on? Or maybe you could be, like, designed after, like, a, some lore of Overwatch, but he wasn't really into that. So where can you find the uh, Symmetra character design and just, like, use that? <laughs> just put my face on there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I thought it'd be cool to maybe have Trevor as part of like the corporation that Symmetra works for and maybe he's a character that's part of that. But he wasn't really into that. Yeah, I wasn't into that. <laughs> or maybe he didn't understand me because I said like, oh, do you want to be part of V Corp or something? I thought the corporation that Symmetra worked for started with a V. It does, Vishkar, right? Yeah. Yeah. If I drew like a character inspired from the Vishkar's technology for you, Trevor, what do you think of that? I'd have to see how good your drawing is. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll, wow. maybe I'll think of something. <laughs> so did you get uh, Cyberpunk for PC, Nick? 
Oh, yeah. Um, no, I didn't because I, I don't have a gaming PC. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, at times like this, I sometimes wish I do. Mm-hmm. Did. But, um, no, I got it for uh, PS4, which has been kind of a shit show for them ever since release. They've It's been like... And I just thought I'd put it on the show notes here just because I thought it would be fun to touch on because it just... I don't know. People have been waiting for this game in some form for like eight years. Mm-hmm. And... At least at least two years of straight hype since they've really announced it, and then you know then they announced Keanu Reeves and like all the, like it, it just has, the hype has overflowed. This is one of the most hyped video games of a really long time, and uh, they've had tons of goodwill too because The Witcher Three was a phenomenal game. So this this developer's you know pretty good pedigree and like everybody's excited and it seems like the game was still even despite all the delays still uh, not in a great shape when they released it. Uh, I, I can say it's probably crashed for me six or seven times, mm-hmm. which is not great. And uh, a couple times it's crashed in places where I almost would expect it to. Well, not that I expect things to crash, but like one time I got tired of dying in this one situation. So instead of trying to sneak through and kill all these enemies, I just decided I'm just going to sprint through all these like rooms of people <laughs> and try to kill the target and run away. <laughs> and so maybe it had trouble loading and just like froze and crashed. But regardless, uh, yeah, they've had a, an interesting time. So this game comes out after all these years of hype, and all the pre-release reviews are um, pretty—they're pretty good. They're generally pretty positive, I think. You know, some have been critical, but overall, they were saying, "Yeah, it's a really beautiful-looking game," and all this. But I think the thing that that was a problem is that most of the reviewers had pre-release copies on uh, PC, mm-hmm. and they were using probably the latest hardware. So they—you know—they have these what, fifteen hundred to three thousand dollar PCs, if not more running this game so it looks really beautiful and runs really quickly but um they didn't seed any xbox or ps4 copies to reviewers so when people finally started playing that game they were like wow this actually looks pretty bad and has tons of glitches and it loads slowly and it's having a lot of problems and uh yeah what do you know people a lot of people have ps4s and xboxes so all these people were playing this game is like you know the backlash was swift and uh pretty bad and then it's been the last few days has just been a whirlwind of PR for them, like pretty bad PR where they're basically refunding people. And Sony actually, it's pretty rare. Sony took Cyberpunk, one of the biggest games of the year, off of their store because it's such low quality, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've just been, I've been like watching this shit storm. And on one, one hand, I'm like, yeah, you know what? For a game that was delayed so many times where they said they wanted to get it right, and for a game that's so hyped, and for a developer that most people trust now it probably should be a lot better than this. But on the other hand, here I am, like, <laughs> bending over and playing it because I think it's still a cool game and it still looks... And maybe my expectations are just really low, but, like, even with a few crashes, it's working... I think it's working well enough on my PS4. <laughs> I have the PS4 Pro, so maybe that helps, but I just thought it was interesting. Like, every day I feel like there's some news that comes out about, you know... First it was, like, this... It was causing seizures because they weren't warning of epilepsy and one reviewer had a seizure because it flashed too <laughs> much. And then... You know, then it, then it crashed too much on PS4s and stuff. So then they took it off the took it off the store, and then they're issuing refunds, and even for digital copies. And then they're announcing more patches. It's like oh, it's just been such a whirlwind of stuff. And I think it's, it, I don't know, it's interesting. It it could have and perhaps should have been like a release, like another big game where, wow, okay, it's an awesome game, it's huge, big, great reviews done. But no, this didn't go very smoothly for them. And on top of all of that, I'm just like still playing it because it's it's cool. But I'm. Uh, I can't say I'm addicted to it, but it's it's still like overall it's still a pretty good game. I, I wouldn't say it's like a ten out of ten, but it's good. I just hope that they can patch it fast enough to get people's goodwill back together. 
I know the The Witcher 3, I played that one pretty much since it came out. And it was kind of rough in the beginning, I think. And there were some glitches. And they, to their credit, they kept patching it and they kept fixing it. So by now it's stable and it runs well. And there's, you know, it's a lot better now than it was originally. So I'm hoping Cyberpunk is like that. But it's been funny watching people lose their minds over everything. Some people feel so entitled that, you know, this game isn't perfect and give me my money back. And this is the most, it's like people sound so devastated. And, you know, I I get the disappointment, but it's also kind of like... I don't know. I just think it's it's interesting watching people's extreme reactions to this because people were fans of this game before it even came out. That's what the hype was so real for it, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's funny. It's, it's it reminds me sort of of like, you know, a, a massive Marvel movie comes out and people are gonna watch it even if even if it got gets bad reviews, people are gonna watch it anyway because they they have to because it's one of those kind of movies. Same with this game, you know. People even if the reviews had been bad and now that the reviews are bad for PS4, tons of people are still gonna play it because it's cyberpunk and people want to play it. So I'm I'm just hoping they patch it sooner. Like I said, uh, I've had some crashes and I've had a lot of weird like little glitchy things. But overall, it's, I, I I wouldn't say it's any worse than Skyrim has been on PS3 back in the day or like Fallout or you know there's been other games that have been buggy. So I don't know. It's just been but that's been my sort of week of I've been really excited about Cyberpunk, but also watching the shitstorm that's been happening. It's been kind of like hmm, have I just avoided most of the problems <laughs> on my PS4? I don't know. But yeah. A funny little story, I guess, is like I've been wanting a PS5, and I've been checking now for a couple of weeks, like trying to find one in stock. And I've been I've been working a ton too, so I don't I don't have the luxury of just only staying home and like searching for one whenever the drops happen. Mm-hmm. But then one time on my thirty minute lunch break, I just I happened to like check uh, Twitter, and I I saw a tweet from someone saying that like the Sony was going to drop uh, some PS5s like from Sony Direct. And this, oh, this is going to happen in two minutes. I was like, wait, what the fuck? So I checked, <laughs> I clicked the link and it, it was true. So I, I just like, I, it was just, re- it was ridiculously good timing where I just happened to take a random break and check it. And like, I had to wait like 10 minutes and I got in the queue and just bought a PS5. So I guess it's possible. Like if you just happen to check at the right time. So <laughs> uh, hopefully on Monday it gets delivered. I don't know. It's, it, it already made it to my, uh, to the city here or the town, um, for the distribution center. So I'm just waiting until it gets on a truck and gets over to me. I don't think they're going to deliver it on a Sunday, but sometime soon I'll have a PS5 and that'll hopefully smooth out a little bit of Cyberpunk's glitchiness, but probably not most of it. Yeah, did you get the disc version of the game? I I, uh, I didn't know that. I bought the game digitally, but I bought the disc version of the PS5 just in case I want to play on my old games. But I bought a... Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't pre-ordered any sort of disc-based Cyberpunk, so I'm thinking I can probably still play it, because I know that they took it off the store, but maybe I can still transfer it from my old one to my new one. Yeah. Or maybe because I have it already, I can I can still re-download it. I'm I'm really hoping because, it's I'm enjoying it enough to keep playing it even if it's buggy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not somebody I don't want a refund. I want to keep playing it. So, it'll be interesting though. I'm kind of excited to get the PS5, but I was not I was honestly not expecting to get one so soon. It was kind of a fluke that I randomly checked and got one. But I, I pretty much bought it because after playing Cyberpunk, I was like, wait, no, I definitely need a PS5 now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, the, so like, the, I guess there's that. The like, same day you bought one, like, they took it out of the store. <laughs> <laughs> I know, exactly. That was just like, really? Come on. But I, I, I'm just hope, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm pretty sure it'll be fine. I think I'll find some way to play it. Like, like I said, maybe a direct transfer from my old PS4 to the PS5 can swap the game over or something. But I guess, I don't know. I'll, I'll find it out. I'll figure it out. But. I just want Cyberpunk to play slightly better because it's a good game. It just needs a lot of work. Yeah, do you know anything about that, Trevor? Will you be able to transfer that or anything? 
I mean, I transferred mine over all the games I selected. Basically, you turn on your PS4 Pro and then you can connect it to your PS5 uh, with the Ethernet cable and you just select. It's going to ask you, like, hey, do you want to transfer over all the games? Or you can select which ones, cherry pick it, and then you connect to the Wi-Fi and it helps it, like, transfer over faster since you have both of them going and then it works, so... Hmm. You should be yeah, able to. It'll probably take a little bit of time to set up, but yeah, I mean, like, it's not going to be the end of the world. Like, I'm not going to get rid of my PS4 yet, so I'll have some machine to play it on. But it would be pretty annoying to get a PS5 and then not be able to play Cyberpunk. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think eventually they they said they have a, a big patch planned for January and also February that should smooth over a lot of the console issues. And um, like I said, they've they've been pretty good at patching in the past. Like they, hopefully, it lives up to uh, what they say. Yeah, they- but it's one of those weird games where it's like, it's pretty good, but it's also marred by a bunch of bugs. I don't know. Cyberpunk as a game has been fun, but it's it's definitely like an amalgam of uh, Grand Theft Auto V, uh, Fallout, and then like what is it? There's another game. It's it's sort of like a lot of it's like a bunch of different games combined, but it's definitely absolutely the most impressive city I've ever seen in a game. So I don't know. I feel like it's worth some of the hype, but it's also worth a lot of the sort of shit that gets piled on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that, like, even the developers are kind of, like, mad at the uh, studio itself because they're, like, they were talking, like, hey, like, how how is it that, like, a game came out so bad? Like, you said, uh, like, they claimed that the game was complete and, like, ready in January this year. And then, like, they're still working on it. They said it was playable but not finished. Yeah, I'm, like... Hmm. Like ha- the developers are the yeah, ones. But it's, it's funny because right now it's right now it's playable, but still like not totally finished. Yeah. So it makes me wonder how bad it was back then. But I also wonder maybe if they at some point because it's been in development for a long time. I wonder if they just sort of start, started optimizing for like PC rigs where they knew they had more horsepower, and then they sort of sort of back uh, backported it to PS4 and Xbox One. So maybe that's why it runs so badly because it wasn't, you know, other games like they develop for the current, like for PS4 or whatever, and then they make enhancements for newer systems. But it's, it almost seemed, I don't know for sure, but I'm just guessing maybe that, that they developed Cyberpunk for, you know, higher end specs and then created support for the lower end machines and that didn't work as well going backwards that way. Yeah. As opposed to building it for the low end machines and then adding support for the higher end ones. Because, I mean, I, I'm not a developer. It just seems, it's just some of the stuff just seems surprising, especially this, the overall, like, you know, you simple things like you're talking in a quest to a character, and then they, need to like they, they end their sentence, and then you're like, "Well, what's going to happen?" And it's like, "Oh," and then like three seconds later, the next dialogue starts, and it's like, "Wait, why? Why was there that pause? Like, what is happening?" That's it's, it's like a that's a Bethesda move. It's like, "Oh, is this Skyrim? Or is this Fallout?" Like, I'm used to the glitchiness there, but I'm not used to it in like The Witcher. Yeah. Well, Trevor, I have a question. But we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Uh, if. Nick does transfer it from the PS4 Pro to the PS5. Is there like a separate PS4 version that he'll be still playing or will be able to update it and have like the PS5 edition or is it the same game or... Well, uh, there's not technically any PS5 version or next console versions of these yet except for PC and like whatever streaming like stadia so mm-hmm. it's not going to have a different version available 
They said that's coming oh, okay. out next year sometime, maybe 2022. I don't know. We don't know. I think I think it's going to be relatively early. I don't think it's going to take that long. But I think for now, the PS5 runs the PS4 Pro version, but it runs it like at a higher resolution, higher frame rate because it's faster. So it'll be a better experience, but it's not like optimized. I, I have a feeling that when they opt when they like patch it out for the PS5, it'll probably have some sort of ray tracing enhancements and like it'll be actually for the PS5. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think they said it'll be like a free update, right? If you have the PS4 version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would, that would be I mean, terrible. At, they, like, at this at this point, I'm gonna say like they, they better. But I'm I am that person. Like I, I probably would spend the money. Another <laughs> sixty dollars for the PS5 version. <laughs> I mean, if it was really that much better, and I knew it wouldn't, and if it was reviewed to be not so crashy and stuff, I don't know. It'd be interesting to hear what you see the difference in gameplay after you get the PlayStation Five. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of sort. Of, it reminds me a lot of the uh, at the end of the PS3's era. There were games that they could run on the PS3, but it wasn't happy running those games. You know, things like Grand Theft Auto Five, where you know you can drive through the city, but it's the frame rate is just like sixteen, twenty or less. Yeah. Like, really, you know, it's like it's low. Yeah, and it's and it's everything's relative. You know, there are people who play on PC where less than sixty is garbage, mm-hmm. and there's people like me who play on a, on a PlayStation where I'm like, well, what I, you know, I'm just so used to it that it's it's not great but it's whatever it's playable so you know the definition of playable is different to different people but um it kind of feels like that like you can play it kind of you can kind of play it on a ps4 but you can kind of tell that it really is going to run best on at least a ps5 if not like a you know dedicated gaming pc but now now here i am you know (laughs) just like i said before like oh i don't need i shouldn't buy one of those macs and of course the next day i run out and buy one i'm thinking to myself like do i buy a ps5 or do I just buy an entire gaming PC? But I'm like, wait, no, don't do that just for one game. That's a step too far, even for you, Nick. <laughs> I think this highlights what um, the cross-generation development actually like does for like companies like CD Projekt Red. Like it kind of like delays everything. Like they could have had this product. They could have just released it just for PC maybe a couple of years down, released it for, like, consoles or something. But, like, if there is a big push towards the cross-generation development for PS4, PS5, or Xbox One, uh, and the Series X, both, like, simultaneous, it could have more issues like these come up. More games might come out with lower qualities than you would expect on a ps4 game when they're optimized obviously for the next gen i do i kind of wonder that like on one hand because presumably the development started so long ago like ps4 and xbox one were current when this was being developed like did they just decide at some point to stop worrying about those machines or i don't like i don't know like i wonder if it's not like this is just a new game that's like they're just having to backpour like this these machines were current when this thing started so at some point they'd have they had to have decided like we're gonna not worry so much about these and just optimize for high-end pcs and then maybe ps5 and xbox series x so i don't know that's it it'd be it's sort of one it almost reminds me of politics like in a few years it'd be interesting to hear like some sort of big article about the development of this game you know like what, what actually like what happened in this timeline where things were delayed so much and still turned out so badly for the consoles yeah trevor and i are talking like what do you think is going to happen to this 
called CD Project Red. Yeah, it's a developer. Or the publisher and developer. I forget which term, but yeah. Yeah, how much do you think this will change their reputation or what what do you think is going to happen? I mean, I kind of wonder because I know, like I said, I'm pretty sure The Witcher 3 was, it was far from perfect when it debuted, but with all the patching they did and their dedication to making it better, that they garnered a lot of goodwill from gamers for really sticking with it and polishing it up. So I think that that's... It's almost like the worst possible situation because they earned this reputation for being great and releasing The Witcher Three. Truly, was one of the amazing game, you know, beautiful game. So people loved it for that. And now it's like I feel like they've kind of squandered at least a few years of their reputation mm-hmm. building for this hack job that sort of came out. Um, if the game, if if Cyberpunk had been really monumentally good of a uh, really super good game, then maybe people would be forgiving it more. But it's not. I mean. It's a good game, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's like mind blowing. It's not as it's not as good as The Witcher or as other games I've played. It's, it's, it's but it's still a great game. But, you know, I feel like it would either have to have been like the second coming, or it would have had to have been less buggy. So I don't know. I, I feel like for now, people are gonna have a bad taste in their mouth. They have to earn the trust back. Is what I think. Like maybe you know, in six months, maybe it'll be really playable and great, and maybe in a year we'll remember. Oh, Cyberpunk's still an awesome game, but it might take a while to get there. Sort of like other games, you know. Other, you know, I can play. I can play Skyrim on my PS4, and it's pretty much fine. But on the PS3, when it launched, it was a mess. So, you know, time heals a lot of wounds. We'll see how. We'll see what we feel about this kind of game in six months, twelve months, eighteen months after it's had time to hopefully be ironed out. Or in in our case, in my case, just forget about the PS4 because you moved on. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, I think that'll happen. I I don't think the reputation is damaged forever. I think it's damaged right now. Yeah. I think a lot of people are gonna like the current the current things. People are gonna be oh like CD Projekt, fuck this up. <laughs> but I think I think just the way they earned it before, they they could earn it back if they just if they really put their money where their mouth is and fix the game. Then you know people will be happy. People people forgive if you, if you do a good job and follow through. I think so. We'll see. Yeah, I hope so. There's a lot of bad examples of that through gaming history in the last couple of years that they hadn't recovered from it. And they still have a bad, like, taste in the mouth for a couple of developers. Like, Anthem came out, it was pretty bad. <laughs> Fallout 76, both were stale releases, and they still haven't really brought it back to what they wanted it to be, you know? Hmm. Yeah. I guess I keep going back to the Skyrim release, and, like, Skyrim, again, for all of its... You know, I played hundreds of hours of that game, but it was also super buggy, and lots of it was like really prob- like not very great. But I'm still frothing in the mouth the idea of the next Elder Scrolls. So like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think eventually, if, if it, sometimes if the game is interesting enough, then good enough is good enough, and people will still want the next game. But I, I am curious for the property, like if cyber, if the maybe maybe the developer can recover, but I wonder if Cyberpunk is a game. You know, will people care about it in a year when it's fixed? Maybe. I heard that cra- it was kind of crazy. I read that they recouped all the development cost after like a couple days of sales mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, I heard that too. Which seems kind of insane because it was developed over so many years. But I guess you know they got like eight million pre-orders plus day of sales. And the next sales, like I'm sure they made a ton of money. But it's you know like the stakes are it's sort of like the budgets of a big movie. Like these things are huge now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the thing I'm kind of worried about is that like uh, are the developers like. It, the actual developers are they gonna like want to stay in this company because huge like debacle that happened like I feel like 
this is sucks for them. They've been working six hour, uh, six day weeks, like for the last like at least year. Like they're gonna continue patching it. Like I mean, yeah, it's a job, but like if they're not getting like a bonus for everything that they did for the last year, I mean, I'd feel kind of bad. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying it's right, but I read that they're they're still they're gonna get bonuses regardless of how the game is reviewed. I don't know what the bonuses That's are, good. but. I mean, Cause I heard before. I mean, it's funny because they, they actually that developers like they're known. <laughs> Go on. Oh, I was just saying. Like I heard before this that they were actually given bonuses from Metacritic reviews. Yeah, that's a kind of a practice that I heard. But then I don't know. The last report I, I heard says like regardless of what it is, they've decided to give the bonuses anyway. Oh, okay, that's which, good. I mean, I guess it's nice. It's nice. But, uh, it'd I mean, suck if you couldn't get a freaking bonus because. Game. I mean, bonus. again, who knows what the bonus is and whether whether it's whether that makes it worth it for them to have spent all the time and you know doing it. But you know, I guess we'll have to see. Like after you know, in, in the new year, are there going to be a bunch of new, new little indie studios started up by people who've defected, or are they just going to stick with the company? I mean, I from what I've heard, you know, CD Projekt is a pretty. They have been pretty gamer friendly, like gamer friendly and developer friendly before until now. I guess people, like I said, they built up that trust. People like them because. They're, uh, I guess they, have, I think they have or run or are part of a software distribution store where they're like anti-DRM and they are like, there's, there's a lot of reasons people love the developer and stuff. And so it's, I'm wondering like to go from that to having all these kind of, you know, this, like you said, this debacle, um, I wonder if this is sort of just a whole bunch of really bad accidents that happen at once and they, their, their culture is really actually better than this, or if it really is just super problematic and it's going to be bad. You know, like I'm, I'm hoping that the company is better than all this. And it's just like happened to be a really bad incident with a bad game where everything went wrong. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, none of us can say we don't really, we don't, we don't have any eyes there. We don't work there. Yeah. I wish it could be like a fly on a wall on a meeting but day. In, until then, as long as, as long as my fucking game still works and it works on my PS five, then I guess I'll be, I'll be happy enough. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think you'd start over to experience it like without the bugs? Uh, I mean, I won't because I've spent like twenty something hours, I think, by now, and it's like I don't know. Like, what's the? I my the bugs I've experienced are like a little annoying, but they're not. I haven't experienced anything game breaking other than a couple crashes. Okay. So I've been all right, which I know a lot of people haven't been. So I'll probably just pick up where I left off as long as it fucking works. Are you doing the side quest or just going straight story? Uh, I'm definitely trying. I'm trying to do more side quests because I don't want the game to be over. Like I'm enjoying it. I don't want to just rush mm-hmm. through it. So I'm trying to do like a couple story missions and then just wander around the city and find things to do. I guess. Yeah. Such a beautiful city. It makes me want to go to a city and take photos. Mm-hmm. I'm in a cyberpunk mood. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. Uh Oh, we have for today. I I have this other Pokemon like replica Pokeball thing, but like I feel like uh, at this point we don't need to talk about it. We have an hour and a half, almost an hour and fifteen minutes of content. So we do have a tendency to run a little <laughs> long. Yeah. So um, and there's uh, I mean I feel like we've touched everything we should have in the last month or so that we've been doing I'd say so well I guess in that case we can all say that I'll uh, talk to you later yeah talk to you later <laughs> yeah talk to you later <laughs> bye bye